Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie, going out to the Brown and Crippen Celebrity Line to be joined right now by the Calgary Flames radio host over on Sportsnet 960. He is Pat Steinberg joining the show. Pat, we appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm morbidly intrigued about tonight's game uh, in St. Louis. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, us too. After what the Calgary Flames have done in their last two games, what the <laughs> hell, man? Are you kidding me with this? 62 <laughs> shots last night. I've never seen anything like it. Like that's since I, I, we uh, we were running the math last night, and uh, I was uh, frantically pounding away on hockey reference. And since 1960, only 15 teams, not including the Flames, have racked up 62 shots in, in game. Like that. Look, the Blues, and I, I they're going to be like I, I cannot imagine a worse performance from St. Louis with that team in the last number of years. And that that performance Monday at the Saddledome here in Calgary was was hard to watch because it looked like one team was ready to play and one team wasn't. Well, that, that game looked competitive compared to the final about 25, 30 minutes of last night's game in Columbus. Like, that was awful. They, they went from being in a one nothing game, and yes, Calgary was definitely the better team while it was one nothing for the first 35 minutes of that game, but they, they scored a goal with about five minutes to go in the second period, and then Matthew Kachuk scored a goal late in the second period to make it three nothing. And that third period was was like one team was playing hockey and another team was playing a completely different sport. It was uh, it was hard to watch, and Columbus was waving the white flag for about all 20 minutes of that third period. And to do that in front of your home fans, I know it's been a tough year in, in Columbus and it's a bit of a transition year, but Hey, give the flames credit. They have, uh, they have absolutely taken advantage of two teams that were not on their game. First of all, and, and Calgary's played some really good hockey. We've seen it a few times this year. Like when they, when they start to feel it offensively, they can, they can start to run it up. And the way that they play defensively and some of the details they've got away from the offensive side of things makes it hard for teams to put up points on them as their, uh, as their league-leading eight shutouts would attest to. So it was, uh, it's, it's crazy because this team has been very Jekyll and Hyde. Like they, they went through the southeast U.S. and went through Carolina, Florida, and Tampa and, and really weren't they were competitive against Florida, but really got the doors blown off by Tampa Bay. And, and Carolina was clearly the better team in in their meeting there. And and so they're like, okay, well, they just went up against three really good teams, kind of three elite teams, and and didn't measure up. And they were starting to get to be in this city. Like, okay, well, what exactly are the Flames? And now here they are. The last uh, the last three or four games, they've looked a whole lot better. So it's been a uh, it's been a weird last two months. And when you throw in a 
18 day COVID shutdown, it kind of, it's, it's been a very strange kind of December, January for the planes. And you know, Pat, the, the one that everyone talks about here in St. Louis, of course, is the St. Louis native and Matthew Kachuk. And I mean, he's putting himself up for a career year with what he's doing with the flames right now. What's your read on this Matthew Kachuk situation? Because of course, what everyone talks about is the fact that he's an RFA and they don't know if he's going to be there with Calgary, but Calgary looks like a team that could really compete this year. Yeah. When is he going to be a blue Pat? Well, it's funny because uh, we're, we're like that, that, that is something that is becoming more and more of a topic around here. That the flames are in a really interesting spot. Not only do they have Matthew who is up for a new contract at the end of this year is a pending RFA with a $9 million qualifying offer that if he took it and, and if the flames and, and he agreed for this to happen, um, could walk right to unrestricted free agency and, and become a UFA in the summer of 2023. So they got Matthew to figure out. They've also got his line mate, Johnny Gaudreau, who's a pending unrestricted free agent, and they got to figure out what the heck to do with him because he's also having a career. Here's the thing with Matt. Like, he is without question playing the best hockey he's of his career, which is impressive knowing how well he's played in a Flames jersey since being drafted sixth overall in 2016 and after an absolute nightmare season last year. Last campaign, and I know that it was probably hard to pay a lot of attention to Calgary and the Canadian division when we were all regional last year, but yeah, it was it was the worst season of his career. He did not even look like the Matthew Kachuk that we had to know and love in this city and he dedicated himself and and there was really no as bad as he was last year not only has he had a bounce back here he's having the best year of his career and he is on one of the best lines in the nhl matthew johnny gaudreau have spent the most time together in the nhl this year at five on five, they are a high scoring line they don't get scored on they spend all their time in the offensive zone they're not sheltered. Like, this is a uh, bona fide top one, two, three line in the NHL. If you go take a look at the analytics. So, I'm really curious as to what a very good team ends up looking like for Matthew Kachuk. That ends up doing for his thought process in terms of how he wants to approach this next contract negotiation. Um, they, I, I don't think Matthew's negotiation and Matthew's future is on the front burner for general manager Brad Treliving right now because I think that the biggest thing they need to figure out is the future of Gaudreau because he's the pending UFA and he's the guy that is most likely to leave and potentially to, to walk he's going to because I think there's actually a good chance that Johnny resigns in Calgary, but because he's a pending UFA, the imminent risk that he walks for nothing is more immediate than Matthew as a pending restricted free agent, and they still retain team control this summer. I I still think Calgary is kind of in a spot where, you know, similar to similar to his brother Brady in Ottawa. Because I, I don't ever believe that Brady was keen on signing that long-term deal with the Sens, but when when you throw that type of money at somebody, and and you know Craig Oster and, and the Kachuk family are, are very very business oriented, and they're, they're very much trying to get the best deal for for their client, or or in Keith and uh, Keith and Chantel's case for for their for their children, like they they want to get the best deal, but. When you throw that type of money at a guy like Brady or you throw the type of money that the Flames, I think, are going to have to throw at Matthew, 
to get them to sign long term, sometimes it's hard to it's hard to turn that down. And for the Flames, I just don't see an alternative. If if you're talking about losing your two of your three best forwards and 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 not retaining them long term, so at the very least, if there is not a desire, and I think there's been talk about this over the last little bit, if there is not a desire for Matthew to sign long term in Calgary, that's his choice and his prerogative. But the Flames, at the very least, have got to put the type of money in front of him that that makes him think twice. Like, okay, well, maybe I didn't want to sign long term, but they just threw you know sixty eight, seventy, seventy two million dollars or more at me. How do I turn that down? And so that that's what it's going to come down to, I think, from a flame standpoint. And if there is not a deal to be had, well, then they have to really start thinking thinking heavily about what they do with his signing rights or what they do. Like the last player to sign a one-year deal, at least by my recollection, the last guy to sign a one-year deal that would have walked him to unrestricted free agency in a similar situation was Mark Stone with the Ottawa Senators. He signed a one-year $7 million deal, I think, for the 17-18 season, or the 18-19 season, sorry. And that was agreed on by both sides. It would have walked into unrestricted free agency, but it's not like Ottawa went into it unprepared. They knew they had an asset. They traded him to Vegas, and you can argue that they didn't really get a ton back for him, but they still traded him to Vegas and got the assets and and were prepared for it. So that's something the Flames are going to have to think about if it becomes clear that signing a long-term deal for Matthew is not the way to go, and maybe that's when St. Louis and the Blues come uh, a little bit more into play. And that's the fu- that's where I wanted to finish up with you, Pat. We're talking to Pat Steinberg, Calgary Flames radio host on Sportsnet 960 uh, in Calgary. Uh, if you do end up in a situation where let, let's go walk down this path together, uh, they've decided Matthew Kachuk's people have decided, hey, Matt, Matthew's not going to sign a long term deal in, in Calgary, and so the Flames start looking at what their other options are, and that of course would include some sort of a trade. What do you think they're going to be looking for? Like, are they going to be looking for prospects? Are they going to be looking for draft picks? Or is this a team that because they are playing very well, and of course with Johnny Goudreau, I would imagine re-signing there in Calgary as well, you're probably going to want to continue to be a winner. Are they looking for proven pieces like a Vladimir Tarasenko, for example? It's uh, it's fascinating. Uh, so... If if that were to come to pass, I guess there's I, I guess there's kind of the two permutations of it. Is it is it with Johnny Gaudreau signing long term? Have they got that under uh, under wraps? Because if Johnny signs here long term, he's also doing it with the idea and the impression that winning and being competitive is what they're going to do. And let's assume that's Johnny, the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, well, then yeah, I don't think that we're talking about a situation where they're they're looking to move a guy like Matthew or his signing rights for for anything more than than help that'll come back. And the problem is, you know, Matthew at 24 years old and Tarasenko, a guy who is a little bit closer to uh, a little bit closer to 30. You know, I, I don't know if that's the type of deal that would get it done for Calgary. Like, I think they would be looking. For you, you may not be able to get the same type of player as Matthew because I don't think if, if that ends up being a trade that were to happen, Matthew would be the best player in the trade. But you need to get somebody back that you can at the very least say this guy is part of our core going forward. And and without without disrespecting Tarasenko at all, just where his age is and his contract situation. I don't know if that would be the type of guy that you'd say, yes, this guy is a core piece for us for the next, you know, five, six, seven years. Whereas, 
you know, if you're talking about St. Louis, you have to be looking at players that would be more in the uh, in the the, the mid twenties range. And you know, I just don't know how many teams are, are are lining up to trade. You know, in St. Louis's case, like you'd be talking about a player in in the 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 Cairo category or something like that, and are the Blues uh, lining up to do something <laughs> like that? So so that's. That's what it comes down to. Is I think the Flames are going to be looking for something they can bring back and keep them competitive. And while it might not be as good as as a player like Matthew, at the very least, it's got to be somebody they can plug in and be an impact player right away. That's why I say it's the same thing with Johnny. I don't see an alternative for Calgary other than doing everything in their power to make sure they keep Matthew in the fold long term. He's Pat Steinberg, Calgary Flames radio host on Sportsnet 960. You can follow him on Twitter at Fan960Steinberg. Pat, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for giving us a little insight into the Matthew Kachuk situation. We'll talk with you again soon. Hey, no problem, boys. Enjoy the game tonight.